Well, we have Loomis here with us today uh, from Chant It Down. I'll leave all of his details in the description below. Um, so yeah, to start off with, do you mind giving us a bit of an introduction to yourself, why you started your channel, uh, how your channel's been going? Because I believe you've been doing it 10 years, just a couple of weeks ago, you had your anniversary. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, my name's Loomis. I'm the host of Chant It Down, which is a podcast that has been ongoing for 10 years. And uh, I got started um, because I had so much information from meeting insiders and working, uh, just uh, doing so much uh, activism and stuff um, through the earlier part of the century. I, I woke up in 1999 to all this and uh, I just started collecting so much information that um, by 2013, I was overflowing and I just needed to put it somewhere. And so this became the podcast, the platform to do so. And then um, I also do it. Well, I do it because the world needs to hear it for one. And another reason is um, it helps people that uh, have already kind of fallen into this, you could say rabbit hole or whatever, and realize the truth in the world. And it helps make sense for people. And I'm here to help and help people grow. And uh, it, it's been an ongoing thing that I just do part. I work a full-time job. I've never like done this as a, as a job, uh, but I enjoy it because it brings sanity to my own mind because I'm able to kind of put together things in my own head and then put it out on a recording. And then people are able to uh, maybe get a more well-defined version of the insanity that we're witnessing on planet earth in this this century yeah and i feel like the further we progress the crazier it seems to be getting as well so i am noticing more and more people start to sort of wake up as you would call it um more. Yeah, so you said you woke up in 1999 what what was a specific event or something that happened that made you wake up yeah um i was roommates with a uh, guy that was much older than us because I was only 20 and this guy was like 45, 50 and he was building his house for his family, but he needed a a, a place to stay for a couple of months. And this guy was an in, he was a, a high up in the, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, really high up. And he broke down to me the way the way the world works. And he went through all of the different rabbit holes that we would go through um, every category of organized human society that uh, that, um, you know, has been corrupted and, and what's going on in the world. And, you know, he informed me over a few months time. Uh, and I was receptive to it. So he just kept going. And I'm, I was like, wow, wow. You know, so that woke me up in 1999. And he even predicted 9-11 from that point. I don't know how he knew. I wish I knew how he knew the things that he did, but I didn't know the questions to ask back in those days. So, um, but he was definitely, he definitely had some insider knowledge. And uh, I really, um, it really woke me up. You know, there was those couple years before 9-11. It was like, oh, I know this information. I'm going to tell people, but it didn't really, it didn't become a mission until 9-11 happened when that was like confirmation that, whoa, this is that thing that guy was talking about. Now this is getting serious. So then I really started to ramp up my own efforts because that was like, wow, because I realized back in those days, especially basically the whole world had the wall over their eyes. And um, I, I was able to um, 
you know, see through it. And it was really crazy that people couldn't see. And then especially when 9-11 happened, I was just like, I could not believe it. So uh, it's been a long journey. Yeah. Um, more, more than I've reached more than half life with knowing this stuff. And um, so I guess like, I'm not particularly like a, I don't have a special field in this that I focus on. I focus on a a large plethora of material, uh, a holistic overview of all of it. And uh, so I, but my expertise probably just comes with living with this information for so long and witnessing this quote unquote truth community or whatever rise out of it. And uh, just kind of, you know, seeing the reactions of, of, of what happens when all these crazy global events happen to so so i guess that's my expertise is just living with this information for so long that i've been able to kind of just guide others and and kind of uh get people ahead of the curve a bit if you if if you know what i mean yeah so when you say um obviously with you waking up in 1999 and then obviously 9-11 happening two years later i'm too young to realize what nine what what was occurring around the time of 9-11 way too young to even be awake. I sort of would use COVID as an example of where I would have woke up to realize all the corruption that I've sort of learned about is actually true. Same sort of situation you had with um, uh, 9-11 in 2001. Did you see see much of a uprising in people waking up after the events of 9-11, similar to what we've seen now with, uh, with COVID? Yeah, I did. Um, there was the whole 9-11 truth movement and uh, a lot of the people that are quote unquote conspiracy theorists they call now are the people that really got their voice around that time um, and really started to speak up about things. Uh, so I yes, it, it was big, but not as big as COVID because like you guys are in the UK and um, I don't know if 9-11 was as big of an impact in your country as it was America. So over here, it was huge. But maybe the rest of the world was like, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that happened. But COVID came in and it, it was like the whole world got on their knees. And so that was the difference is that it equally affected all countries versus the United States just with 9-11 because you guys had 7-7 bombings and that affected you guys a lot more than over here. But uh, yeah, it, it, it uh, was a big, uh, it really started what, what would be called the truth movement now because back before that in 1999, all I was doing was following a few authors and maybe tuning into Coast to Coast or Jeff Rents or something like that. And um, just getting hearing these really fringe people talk. And like back then, like you, there was no like scene. And then 9-11 made a scene. Good good and bad with that, by the way. But um, the, the, the honest people that woke up are some of the people that we now know that are pretty high, uh, um, big names in this so-called community, I would say. Yeah. Did you... So... You've been awake for quite some time. Um, have you noticed, say, after 9-11, you saw a group of people wake up? Have you noticed some people go back to sleep after a few years? Well, yeah. I mean, like 9-11's lost its potency now. Like, people like, so what now? I mean, if you weren't around paying attention, you guys are pretty young and you may have not 
you know, been thinking about it that much when you were, when it happened. So that loss is potency. And now I'm seeing the same thing with COVID and well, there's been many events in between, but yes, nine 11 and COVID are the biggest global events. If you want to just pick out a few in the last, you know, 20 something years. Uh, but th- with COVID too, I'm seeing that now because yeah, life went back to normal and people are sort of forgetting that everybody got these shots and all this, um, this government overreach is like, they want us to forget. So what it is is yeah, people don't really go back fully to sleep, but they, they get lulled into the comfort of everyday life and they go back to their routine. And I mean, yeah, what can you do, uh, as an individual, but at the same time you can do a lot as an individual. I mean, I'm one that's done stuff and I barely feel like I've done anything, but just to say like, there, there is a trick. There is a, is a false notion that one person can't do a lot when you really can. Uh, but yeah, the these a lot of people do for, sort of forget and just sort of get you know back into everyday life, which consumes everybody, including us. I'm sure. Uh, so we do have to uh, remind ourselves. Like I've been talking lately, that like remind yourself what we just went through. Like there's so much un. Uh, there's so much uh, things that are unresolved from COVID in our minds. Even us people who knew what was going on, we still don't have, like, we've still been through trauma and we don't know where to put that. And of course, the people that believed it and took it hook, line and sinker are totally damaged, still wearing masks out there, still, still afraid of this invisible thing. So yeah, everybody's been through a lot in the last three years. And I really want to hammer that into everybody that like we should not forget who put in these draconian laws and who came in and said this and that and all the people around us that became automaton Nazis. Uh, we re- we have to remember these people that, that a certain section of society complies and will, uh, you know, take your head in a, in a, in a sense, like hang you from a tree because they believe in this narrative. And that's crazy. It was crazy to see that. And we shouldn't forget that. Yeah. That's so, so, so true with, um, well, nine 11 and then obviously COVID, they feel like they were sh- sort of short glimpses of corruption. They were big, but they were short glimpses of corruption. That's sort of embedded into sort of the, the global elites or the governments. What I'm having trouble with at the moment is watching what's unfolding with the sort of climate movement, because it seems like the the sort of have a much more of a long game going on, where it's not going to be a short level of corruption where they give you a glimpse of it, the world shatters slightly and then sort of re rebuilds around it. This seems more like a corruption which they're playing a longer game on, which we know what the end of it is. It's going to be um just more control giving us um social credit scores all, all of that sort of absolute nonsense but how, how I, I i can't wrap my head around how people could wake up to this climate problem because it's so embedded that it's going to affect the world you want a green green earth it, it plays on so many different heartstrings it's going to be so difficult for people to wake up to it yes well, I, I specialize in that and on my show um, because one of the biggest topics that uh, I like to talk about on and off is chemtrails. 
And um, it really does have to do with it. Now, it's a twofold thing because climate change is happening through these programs, but it's not happening the way they say it's happening. So the, there's it's first of all, like I think what I like there's if we go back to the very beginning of where climate change came from, it came from a club of Rome document and um, maybe I'll try to find it here and read it to you guys. It's um, yeah, it's called the limits to growth. It's a 1971 book. And here, here, this is what the first time it ever appeared anywhere. It said the common enemy to humanity is man and searching for a new enemy to unite us. We came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All of these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through change attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. We believe humanity requires a common motivation, namely a common adversary, in order to realize one world government. It does not, it does not matter if the enemy is a real one or one invented for the purpose. And so there you go. One invented for the purpose. They don't care if it's real or not, because at this particular time in our in our history, we're talking about the 70s and I wasn't even around, uh, but um, they were actually pushing global cooling. You can look at uh, reports on like Time magazine of uh, uh, coming Ice Age. So they were scaring people you know, out of their pants with that one. And then. Excuse me. Uh, we they decided to um, go ahead and get into global warming, and so really, there's a couple things to look at with this one. One of them is that the there's a there's thousands of climate so scientists that are not getting a platform to speak on that the world is not warming, and they're trying to speak out about it, and they have a good portion of this puzzle like they see that it's made up that the climate is always changing that the uh graph that um what's his name michael mann this this pulitzer prize no uh sorry uh what's the other award they the um god i can't think of the name of the award but the the, the this guy has this graph right and it's the hockey stick graph it's the famous one that rises well they're using a portion of our history there only they've only been actually taking care of our what looking at our weather since 1880 but uh, you can find ice core samples that we had what was called the um the medieval warming period where where grapes grew as high as england and uh and uh palm trees in like germany and the rhine valley um this, so there was a, a prosperous period where it, the Earth warmed and there was nothing causing this but the actual, uh, you know, orbit and tilt of the Earth causing these changes. But that was followed by the Little Ice Age. So they never tell you about that section of our, our more recent history. The Earth's always changing. And so they're using a small portion of a warming period since that Little Ice Age, which we're talking about like in uh, maybe... I think it was um, maybe about the 1500s all the way till the 1800s, and then temperatures began to rise. And so we're, there is carbon 
that we are making. Yeah. But carbon is also, they're not telling you what we all breathe. The plants breathe. Carbon is not a bad thing. We're all carbon-based beings. And when they say in that document that humanity, the enemy is humanity itself, they're basically saying it's a war against creation. So um, when we're looking at global warming, we're looking at climate change, you know, we're looking at that bit of information we're, we're not looking at that bit of information that these scientists are saying, but what they're missing in their picture, in their picture, and this is the missing element in everybody's picture just about in the professional realm is chemtrails. These are uh, climate engineering programs that do change our weather and we get irregular rains, we get irregular droughts, we get um, uh, crazy storms that are, are created. And this is what is causing what a lot of people would say is climate change like yes the weather is weird i've seen a lot of weird weather things but i also know that it's a huge global operation i've been to uh all the continent continents except antarctica and um i've seen it all over the world they're spraying our skies and it's got to be just billions of dollars dumped into this black budget project and they're they're messing with the weather on a daily they basically control just about all the weather on this planet and there are other aspects of these programs too, not just weather control, but that's the thing is they, and they're not doing it just to convince us that climate change is real, but I'm sure it works, but they're also doing it because they want control of everything. So we have that big missing elephant in the living room with climate change. And of course, anybody who's just not paying attention and just pays attention to the media and the narrative, they're going to say, yeah, the climate is changing. The weather's weird. And so they're going to try to uh, uh, try to, you know, get everybody with this, I'm sure, because the whole world, this is just like COVID, the whole world is in on board with this. So they're trying to, you know, get us all like, because if you don't care about the planet, you're, you're a terrible person. Of course, most people do care about nature and the planet. I mean, I don't like pollution. I don't like, but I don't like chemtrails either. I don't like any of this stuff. But anyway, um, if you don't care about, the, they're pinning you in a corner and saying basically, what, you don't care about the planet? And so everybody's supposed to get on board with this. And you're right, they're playing the long game. This is a game they've been playing for a long time. And it really does have its origin in 1971. And now we're moving toward that all the time, as you can see with 15-minute cities and uh, uh, electric cars and Everything is moving towards this really, really, really fast. And I try to get out, um, you know, this message a lot. So if anybody on the in the audience wants to really get into this, my I did a presentation called What Happened to Cobalt Blue Skies? And that is uh, all it's a two hour presentation on chemtrails. This is just like a real short version I'm giving you here. But yeah, so that will get people kind of caught up on, to date on what's what's going on with that. Cool. I'll leave that in the uh, description below as well for people to check yeah. out. Yeah. So you're saying the origin of this was in 1971. Um, that means Nixon was in charge or oh, president of um, United States. There's quite a few things that I see around Nixon being in charge. How much of a figure was he into elevating the global elites and having all these systems in place to just elevate the global global elites. Have you done much research into sort of backtracking? Because I know obviously you weren't around uh, during that time, but have you done much into backtracking into what, what sort of things he's implemented uh, well? Uh, well, 
I figure that, you know, he's just a puppet that they used and then they burned him in the end because they, you know, they got him with impeachment. Um, they do that to their own people a lot. And I think, yeah, I guess he was the president when the moon landing happened and he was, um, you know, uh, probably in his his fingers were probably in a lot of things. But I, I think he was just kind of a fall guy. But during the 70s, there was a lot of a lot of things ramping up to what we see now. Um, in America, I look at the 80s even more so. Well, there's a whole there's a whole like chain of events. You had the the 60s, which were this really this like social experiment that happened on the world everywhere. You know, the hippie generation. Uh, you know, more and more we look into that these days. That was just like crazy how you know um dramatically the the social climate changed from the 50s to the 60s like whoa it's it's just like night and day when you look at it and that's not natural so we had some major social engineering going on then those people became kind of introduced the drugs sort of i mean you know like i don't have any problem with weed i mean or you know some of these psychedelics or anything but when what happened is it created an appetite for getting high and then you move into the 70s and in the 70s a few harder drugs came into the works and then by the 80s at least in america and i'm pretty sure in the uk too but we had the big crack epidemic that happened in america i don't think america's ever recovered from that if you go to any of these inner city areas they're just ruined from the 80s and on and so um now we have a very dysfunctional society of people that you know uh are seeking out getting high all the time and um so those people are not going to stand up to the tyranny so they those people are definitely uh you know compromised because of their addiction so we have a huge swaths i know in america and i the uk seems to be a bit cleaner than america from what i've seen but i'm sure you have your scenes of course too like that but yeah that whole that whole uh drug taking um kind of uh culture has changed our social climate really good and so i see that's one of the biggest things i look at when i look at the last you know 60 70 years is just how society's changed so quickly and i don't think any of this would have happened um naturally it's for sure social engineers that have you know created pop culture and changed the the social fabric of the, of of the world yeah i've i saw some videos on youtube of um is it kensington in philadelphia yeah uh it's, it looks awful it looks it looks worse than a third world country it, it, in a way it is it is because at least in a third world country you have a culture that generally like has family and values these people there's nothing but just dysfunctionality and that is that is the actual aftermath of all this yeah kensington or skid row in la uh, we have so many homeless here, even in Hawaii, uh, just like tons of homeless tent cities everywhere across the U.S. And they're starting to crop up other places in the world. Um, yeah, uh, this is the uh, aftermath of, well, I did a show um, for the listeners that may want to go back a little bit in my archives. 
just last month called Incremental Ghetto <clears throat> Incremental Ghettofied the Fabian Way. And that is all about basically the breakdown of our society and wh how it's become what it is. And uh, it just kind of traces that 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 line of exactly what I just kind of explained. Just just going back to something you mentioned earlier about um, 1971 and them planning the climate change sort of plan that they've put together. Um, so something else happened in 1971. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, wasn't that when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard? Yeah. You, well, I, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I, you're probably right around there. Yeah, I think it was. Do, do, do you think that was involved in this plan to gain more control over the people as well as the climate change stuff? So they implemented the climate change things. They took the dollar off the gold standard, which gives them more control over the currency or spending. Yeah. I, I, you're probably right. Um, I think that, well, well, I just mentioned the Fabian way, Fabian socialism is a slow, gradual cancer kind of that grows. And um, that's exactly what's going on is we're in a slow degradation and little bits here and there where people don't really notice that much. And then it becomes something more later in history so people don't like go, oh, wait a minute, what's happening here? So that's what's been going on. And 1971 would be um, probably a year that had a few things like that. But I look at the early 90s, like around 1992, when the United Nations started uh, a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of things that started right about then. You had the Young Global Leaders Program that the World Economic Forum uh, started, which is giving us our world leaders today. And you have a lot of things that came out of that particular period. Um, that's when really global climate change really got its wings right around then. And you have a lot of this LGBTQ. I mean, it wasn't even called that back then, but like it, that emerged out of that. Um, a lot of the things that are big now in our lives uh, emerged out of that time period of when uh the United Nations put together, I forget what it's called offhand, but that is a big time where we're working off basically all their agendas now and their uh, social or their sustainable development goals and all that has come from that time period. So like climate change, all these big global things that they put in this like nice flowery language that doesn't seem that bad, kind of like a lot of the Georgia Guidestones, a lot of the wording on there was just kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, except for the top one about 500 million people, people left on the earth, everything else seemed kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that sounds good. And that's what it is, is they, 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 they don't tell you it in like, we're going to be evil and we're going to do this too. They're going to make you like it. They're con artists, but yeah. So 1992 around then we've seen a lot of these agendas coming from around there. That's when they really start to ramp all this up into what we're seeing today is coming to fruition. Do you think it has any connection to, well, if you want to go back to the 1970s, that was when probably people started to get, I would probably say most people had a radio in the house, but people started to get TVs around that time. Uh, fast forward towards the 1990s, they probably built a lot of trust with in the mainstream media of back then. Um, so they've sort of used the mainstream media to sort of gain trust 
either on purpose or just by what what what, what he was doing was right at that time. And they've sort of seen the sort of weapon that they've made. And then in the 1990s, they've turned that dial up to say, look, we can actually brainwash all of these people uh, quite easily now if we keep pumping money into mainstream media because we've got them all hooked. They all want to know about worldwide news. They're all addicted to worldwide news. Yeah. I would say the 50s, but America's the media capital of the world. So maybe maybe other places got TVs a little later, but when people started to get the TV in the home, you watch how the family unit changed and um, all this pop culture affected you know everybody on a worldwide basis. Once this got in the home, they could they can see it's perfect. It's a perfect brainwashing tool. You get people uh, to go to work for the whole day. They're tired. They come home, and when you sit in front of a screen, it takes about twelve seconds to get an alpha state, which is a um, a light hypnotic. It's a light hypnosis, and as soon as you get there, you get comfortable and things are suggestible and it's, you know, I mean, <clears throat> when you sit down and watch anything, even something you like, I mean, I, I watch, I don't watch TV, but I, I'll watch movies or certain things and you just kind of get relaxed and, and you turn off your critical mind as soon as you get that way. And uh, so once they put that, that thing in the, in the home, the, the world has never been the same and people yeah, I've always asked this question. Why do we need to know what's going on in the world so much? You know, why why do we need to know all this stuff? Like, you know, I think we have enough stuff going on in our personal lives. So people are addicted to news because they want to know what's going on, but they're telling us what's going on. And that's that's a that's a huge issue. I I have a whole mini series called the Tell Live Vision Visions, and that is just strictly on, you know, the TV, the flicker rate, the the whole nine yards, the whole thing, just like showing, you know, even the creator of the television, his name was um, uh, Philo somebody, Philo. Uh, he said to his own children that he would not get a TV. He's like, I don't want that thing in my house. And it's funny how the uh, Steve Jobs wouldn't let his kids yeah, have an iPad. I was just thinking so, the same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, so, they know <laughs> what weapons they're creating. Right. Right. When you know that you, you realize the danger. And I remember being a kid and, you know, my, my parents were like, I don't watch too much TV. Not, not so much because they thought I was getting brainwashed, but they just didn't think it was good. And I just thought, ah, whatever, what's it doing? But so, yeah, what is it doing? It's doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you could look at it the same way, an extreme point. Yeah. But a drug dealer wouldn't give their kids drugs. Um, True. Sort of yeah. on the same sort of um, scale, they know what danger dangerous products they've got, and they yeah. want to keep their family well away from it. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of the most dangerous things you can I can think of. I mean, because, um, and and that goes into modern day now with our phones. Because have you ever noticed when you're talking to somebody and they're busy texting or they're busy looking at something, they're not there. So you get in that light hypnosis just right there looking at your phone like, oh, and then and then you're like, oh, what what did you say? Sorry, because you were in that trance. So it's it's really like they, they they're like, hmm, how do we get this thing in everybody's hands at all times? So they got us on the phones. And so, you know, they first they like, how do we get it in the home? They got in the home. Now they get in. the You know, you, you can watch news all day long or whatever you want and mindless bullshit on. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but. Feel free to say whatever you 
And uh, anyway, they got it. You got it right in your hand. And you can just look at it and go, oh, you know, you can you can totally get brainwashed all day. Because if you if you uh, prescribe to some form of, uh, you know, scene out there, then you're always going to get that information given to you. And so look how many people subscribe to mainstream narratives and they're always going to get that stuff fed to them you know just like us alternative people we're looking at stuff that uh is alternative and we're always getting that to us so it's all about quality of attention and quality of 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 uh, your time spent and getting the right information but it's a lot of people don't know that they don't know that they're being they're they're being polluted because every time you watch tv you just sip a little bit of poison so I've got two questions. I'm going to ask you this one first. Um, you've been sort of you've been awake for a long time, um, and me and Aaron, we've been in the, we've been sort of into just conspiracy theories, digging a bit deeper into corruption for since our teenage years. But it's only recently we've really sort of woke up and been like, shit, something bad's going on here. <laughs> how do you or how have you managed to uh, stay sane? all these years because having that knowledge since 1999 is a big burden sort of to to carry on your shoulders yeah i can see how you that that would be a uh question that a lot of people i um never invested a lot in this life like i never i still don't own a house um it's too expensive anyway like it'd be almost like impossible and at least in hawaii it's so expensive here but I've never really invested myself in, in like one of those careers. I never went to college. Um, so for me, and I always hated school and I always hated a lot of the stuff in the system from an early age, even though I didn't know what, how to like, I didn't know what to put my finger on, like what's wrong with all this, but I never really invested in it. And because I never really invested in it. And then I found out that, you know, what it's really all about. It's like, it's kind of freeing. It's like, oh, you don't have to serve the establishments that enslave you anymore. I mean, you don't have to be a servant to them because at least in your mind, because, and it's kind of freeing. So to me, it's empowering to know a lot of this knowledge. I don't take it as gloom and doom. However, I don't always focus on the gloom and doom. And I think there's a specific uh, part of the alternative media that does and um, fine, but it, that's not what I like to do. I like to uh, focus on miracles, synchronicity, and things that I've been shown because I lived a period of my life right before I met that insider where I drifted around and wandered. And when you lose that whole paradigm of going to work every day and doing what people do, you'll be surprised how much more you find synchronicities in this world and you find uh, you find more uh, miraculous things that you wouldn't on that structure of going to work every day. And I always looked at that since I was a teenager, like, this is what all the world does? Like, what's wrong with these people? Like, you know, there's got to be more to life. So when I found out about this information, I was like, ah, that's what's happening. So it kind of lifted uh, the, it lifted a, a burden off my shoulders. Like, oh, I don't have to make it in the world. Oh, I don't have to uh, go and, you know, go finish college and, and have this huge debt and um, then continue on and try to 
pay that off and with some career job. So for me, that's just how I dealt with it. However, there are people that probably it can't focus on this too long. And I get it. I do get it. But um, really, if you keep your eyes on the fact that we're in this crazy time in Earth's history and at any time the bottom could drop out, um, I think it's better to be have one foot in that rather than just thinking that this is just going to go on normal as we always thought it did because we're really on the brink. We're like, we've been in the 11th hour for a very long time now, like the bo or boiling point. It's just that we got used to it and we just don't see it. So um, it's important to realize what time we're in. So I always keep one foot in there and that keeps me also refreshed in this world because I realize like really everything that people are focusing on doesn't matter. All these stresses you, you get involved in at the end of the day, does it really matter? Probably not. So that's how it's helped me. I love that because that's definitely something I've experienced as well is, yeah, we're, we're getting awakened into what, what you might want to call a dark side of life. Uh, you, you're sort of unlocking the knowledge of the darkness of the world. But at the same time, all them labels that are attached to life, you need to be making over 100,000. You need to be working your way up to a 12-car garage, for example. All of that, as soon as you become enlightened, all of that just fades away. And yeah, you do feel lighter, even though you're taking on a different type of burden. But I love how, I love your outlook on it. And it's definitely something um, we're going through at the moment is looking at how, okay, we've, we've found out all of this. How do we balance that information out and make it actually useful to us in a good way rather than just, how, because it's so easy just to get swamped down in it, right? Yeah, it's definitely a shift that we're both going through at the moment where we've gone pretty deep into the political rabbit hole. And it, it does seem to be quite doom and gloom in there. Um, we're just trying to balance it out and sort of look at the positives from what we've learned. And I'm trying... So one thing I think is I feel like it's prepared me for anything that happens, whether the government become tyrannical and take control. Does it really... Is it... It's going to affect me, obviously, but it's not the end of the world. I can... As long as I'm content with myself, I can still try and live a hap the happiest life I can possibly live. Yeah. And the government have no control over that. They have no control over my emotions. And that's something I'm trying to work on and sort of get control of myself at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, it's good to separate yourself from it all too. And I did a series of shows and that can be listened to on my podcast. It's the first series of shows I started in 20. 13 called the systems tentacles and i go through one by one all the tentacles that are attached to us of the system and and weighing us down and the bullshit that we believe in so um that can be listened to it's a long series of shows i think it's like i don't know 20 some parts but or i did a presentation a shorter version on my youtube channel truth filled trajectory it's and and it's a and that i just kind of went through but by doing that my my purpose in doing that was to let go of all these different things that we think are not only important, but that are enslaving us or not serving us. And when you take those off, that's who you really are. You're not the system. That's it's a separate thing. And sometimes we, you know, we can't talk about the prison cell 
all the time because we know what it looks like and you know that doesn't get us anywhere but to understand that we're being enslaved by these strands of the system is important because there's many people that still kind of like serve certain institutions they don't even realize or serve certain aspects and attachments to the system that they don't realize so that's that's what i created a long time ago to kind of help people along that journey is to just go, whoa, you know, um, yeah, actually, even the, the attachment to civilization itself, which is which came out of nowhere, by the way, like, all of a sudden, in ancient Sumer, we had civilization. And how is that profitable for um, indigenous man who supplied himself with food and water and everything to where then you rely on a system and you rely on a civilization to provide for you. So even that, looking at that aspect, which a lot of people don't go there, but I think it's important too, just to realize that civilization itself is based on the wrong things and government and a lot of things that people just take for granted every day. We have to take that out too and realize that we're deep within a hole that we don't see. And But it's good to separate from it because then, like you said, then then you kind of are freed up more and you feel, um, you know, like you, you could be ready for more for anything. If, 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 you know, of course we're honestly, I'll, I'll be the first to say I'm not ready for some giant cataclysm. I mean, uh, I don't have my survival gear right here and ready to go, but just saying like, you know, it's, it's good to have that mindset prepared for whatever could happen because look we didn't think covid would ever happen in 2019 and it, it didn't happen so i mean we saw the world turn upside down just just like that too like in a matter of a few months so it can happen fast it can unravel fast yeah so the second question i had i know i'm sorry to pull pull yourself no no that's that. good when we were talking about alternative media um which obviously we're, we're all part of i'm starting to get the sense that the the powers that be have obviously um noticed that alternative media is growing and we are spreading the message but then when i look at people such as elon musk who's meant to be pro free speech uh tucker carlson as well for example i've always got this slight feeling that the powers that be are infiltrating alternative media in a really strategic way now i don't know if that's just me being paranoid or if it actually has legs like that. So I'd like to just know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I did a show on that too. Recent, not Well, that last like three or four months called the three psyops in the truth community. And uh, one of them being that um, is this whole, what I call the alt-right. And so being in, in this for a while, here we are with these, these people who reject the system and uh you know we're not um you know we're seeing through the lies and then comes along trump and with that came this sort of like alt-right and it was like it kind of came out of nowhere and you got to watch for things that kind come out of nowhere as david ike says they come out of nowhere and then suddenly they're everywhere i always go with that too because suddenly there's this like new alternative but it's like wait a minute they're not really as i say chanting it down they're not fully looking at everything 
but they're seeing the certain strands of corruption, like the deep state. That was not a name that any of us called it before, but suddenly there's a name they have for the deep state, which I don't have a problem with per se, but then you have Q and then you have um, a lot of people that are sort of, you know, have a big voice out there starting to speak this and but they're not speaking the whole thing. Like they're not talking about chemtrails, for example. They're not talking really about 9-11 truth. They're not really talking about, you know, a lot of these people still believe um, Islamic terrorists caused the, you know, the trade center to fall and all that. So they weren't really like that deep in it. And this whole um, alt-right or whatever, uh, really, I was suspicious about the whole time. And the reason I call it a PSYOP, mainly Q, I, I really do think Q was a PSYOP, but is because that now us, you guys and me and all of the people that are just in this as a grassroots are labeled as those people. And suddenly we're guilt by association. And now we're right-wing extremists, we're uh, white supremacists, maybe. I, I mean, that's a label they're giving us too. And like they're cornering this information to where people on the outside won't even look at it because they think that we're like that. And we're far from that. Um, you know, the people that I know that in this information for a long time are very open-minded and very, very holistic and not just like on a political side. You know, we, we, we said... We had screw the political, screw politics in general a long time ago. So here's this whole like scene of people coming out and Tucker Carlson. Like, I don't know if I say that he's one of them or not, but it certainly could be. And I wouldn't like say, oh, I wouldn't be that surprised, but uh, definitely Elon Musk is, is a red flag to me. Here's a guy who's on one hand, he's saying, uh, that um, he wants to put chips in people's brains. And on the other, he's saying AI is bad. And then he's saying free speech. You know, I, I just think that he's been put in there as a player, a deep player. Just like I think these people that come out of nowhere too, like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Barack Obama, I think they came from, I mean, it sounds kind of extreme, but I think they came from like underground bases or something. Like they're like people that were bred for this specific role lifetime actor to be this pawn and so yeah i think they're pushing this information in one big ball so they can just all you know say we're we're all bad but before this trump time it was just you know alternative truth information that's all it was and the problem is is they're saying truth but it's mixed with political political um uh remedies and it's like by the by now most of us know that that's not going to work i don't think yeah yeah i like what you said about um barack obama mark zuckerberg elon musk because they do give me alien vibes right vibes of people that have been manufactured <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah they all came that... out of nowhere yeah how much do you think of the alternative or independent media on the right is also propaganda used to divide the public even more a good portion of it i would say yeah i think i think there's always a few leaders in it and there may be agents of 
you know, they could be like working for intelligence. Um, and then there's a bunch of people that just cling to it and follow it. You know, I, I, I think that's, it, it's hard to know. Um, I've never been able to just single out very many people and be like, yeah, that person, he's an agent, but probably a good portion, you know, um, I would say, or at least, at least, um, it takes a lot of useful idiots anyway. And then you have a few people actually leading it. Yeah. Cause that's the one thing I'm sort of conscious on at the moment is I don't, I don't really listen to what do you call mainstream media, but I listen to independent media on YouTube and Spotify, but it's sort of trying to filter out what's propaganda and what's not. It's probably an impossible task, right? But it seems like it. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, I find that quite difficult. It's a bit of a challenge at the moment. Um, who to trust and who not to trust, I guess. Yeah. I just had this conversation yesterday on my podcast. I had um, a friend, Neil Gore on, and um, we're talking about this whole disclosure coming of, um, you know, this latest whistleblower talking about, you know, aliens, bodies recovered, David Grush. And, you know, he was kind of breaking down the media in that there is a section of the media that's more like subscriber based um, shows like uh, News Nation and The Hill and stuff that isn't really like necessarily funded by the the big uh, media conglomerates. And maybe that they're actually telling a little more truth, but they don't have it all worked out. They're not going down to the deep levels, of course, but um, they're starting to, you know, have conversations that are semi-intelligent, but I just, I just always have, I always just keep a word of caution. If they're on TV or if they're on uh, something that's big, you got to question how they were allowed to be there. And you got to question, um, their motives at times too. I, I just keep a skeptical eye, but I, there's something wrong with the, here's something wrong with the alternative media. And this is what I've noticed over many years is people get too damn paranoid and they get too fanatical to where everything's a conspiracy and everything is like, uh, so, you know, you can't listen to anything. I think it's more nuanced. And I think that we need to be able to entertain something hold it there and not put it in a bucket so quick or put it in a, in, a, in, in its corner, because to be honest, we don't know, you know, there could be genuine things that are put out there. Not every single thing is part of it. A lot of it is yes, but there's always things I think that we can just hold on to. And not everybody has this ability. I don't think it seems like, but to hold on to something and not necessarily put it somewhere and just, leave it on a back burner and put it and bring it back when if it if it you know has more information that leads to something else because i've noticed that everyone seems to dismiss things so quick with that sort of paranoid mind and i don't think that's helping and then actually i think that gives the alternative media kind of a bad uh look from the outside so i think it's good to keep an open mind with all of these things and be more nuanced and understand like that not everything is 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 run by the darks the deep state the dark side whatever you want to call it um and there are some people that probably want to do good that are in higher positions but they only have so much power without getting killed or whatever so i think we have to look at a lot of that you know yeah 
So just going quickly back to what you mentioned about UFOs, what, why do you think that's the biggest question on everyone's mind right now? Why are they releasing the, this information right now? Well, the the UFO thing, is that what you said? Yeah, like why are they yeah. why have they suddenly just started coming out with the information that everyone's been talking about for the last, I don't know. How well, long? yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, so I've heard this broken down. These aren't my words exactly. But I've heard this broken down in the fact that there's different factions uh, that are out there that don't agree exactly on how. Oh, my mic was funny. Uh, a disclosure would work. There is a group out there that actually thinks humanity needs to know the truth and that, that humanity needs to catch up to speed with what's happening. And then there is another group out there probably mainly these dark elites that want their own narrative spin on it, their own drip disclosure. And I would pin that on when in 2017, they released the gimbal video and the, all these, you know, they just, it was the first time in, in history, suddenly they're not ridiculing UFO people. They're like, Whoa, well, this is actually coming from the military. Uh, why I was suspicious about that is this guy named Luis Elizondo, who is like two weeks out of the CIA and suddenly he's speaking out about that the Pentagon has this program. And it just really and it was on all the major channels like CNN and all that. So you, you got to be like questioning that right away. Um, that might be the dark sides version of a rollout, whether it leads to a fake alien invasion, maybe. I mean, that would be their very last card, if you ask me, uh, or maybe that all these entities are good if they're real, you know, um, and that they're just here to bring us love and happiness and worship them or whatever. You know, there's they could come out with some kind of new age spin on it. And then there's and then there's some people in some factions somewhere, too, that probably don't want any of this, the lid to come off any of this. But. I think that um, from what I've heard is that this earth, if you look at our ancient past, uh, the, about a thousand AD or BC is the last time that um, you hear about these entities, these gods with a little G or wh whoever in interacting with humans. And something said around that time, who knows what, I don't know, that they can't interfere with humans anymore. And so humans were allowed to progress. And then eventually that quarantine from the rest of the, these beings is going to end. So if that's the case, I'm not saying that that is for certain, but let's say that it is, then we're in that time of the great revealing. We're in that time where these, these entities are going to come back and our in, and we will, it'll come out one way or another. So if it has to come out, um, you might see a lot of conflicting views on this. And so this latest uh, whistleblower, I'm not saying that I trust him, and I can't say that I, I would totally trust it, but it wasn't on CNN and it wasn't on all these bigger news things. And um, it's kind of confirming what a lot of UFO people have been saying for years. It's like, yeah, they retrieve bodies from these crashes. It's like, um, and it's like not big news if you've been paying attention to that for a long time, but it is big news to people that haven't. And so um, whether or not it's legit or not, that is yet to be seen. Um, I My guest I had yesterday is pretty convinced that it's legit. I'm just staying neutral with it. I, I don't know. 
but I have a feeling that we're going to see some crazy stuff soon enough in our lifetime. I watch the skies all the time. So it, um, for me, I have seen so many anomalies in our skies that I can't deny that there's at least some kind of secret space program going on up there, if not more. So uh, that's just in my experience. Yeah. So something, some big things are happening up there for sure. Do you have any sort of prediction on when just I'm asking this because not just for some fantasy, but a lot of people we talk to about different subjects um, and about big changes happening in the world always uh, seem to be given the date of 2025 or to 2027 around them, them dates. So I was just thinking if you've got any prediction that ties into that, then it's a guess it's another spoke to the I, I don't know with the UFO thing, but 2030 seems to be this big date for them. They, they're, they're, you know, 2030, uh, project 2030 with the UN and, you know, um, what is it with 2030? You know, they're always like saying by 2030, this, this, and this. Yeah. And 2025, um, this is going to get kind of dark, but, um, you know, we're talking about everything anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're, so, um, there's, do you guys know who Charlie Robinson is? He has a podcast, Macro Regressions, um, pretty big out there. I had him on my show and uh, he did a really controversial episode called Where Did All the People Go? And he put together a couple of documents. One of them was um, that uh, he found what's called, let me think of what it's called again, um, this thing run by DARPA, Deagle. It's called Deagle.com. And it's it's like a military outfitting kind of thing where they order so many of this and that and this and that. Well, for some reason on their website, by 2025, the world population is way down. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, and like not just America, not just UK, like all over the place. For some reason, by 2025, uh, they're they're looking at a lot less people on this planet. And so what he did is he put that and layered it with the vaccine rollout that's been happening. And the fact that um, anybody who's taken these shots may die of many different things, um, could be heart attacks, strokes, could be, you know, cancers. There's, And that's how they set it up to where you can't really tell it was the ouch that got them. Uh, hope I don't get you guys kicked off YouTube. Should I, <laughs> should I be like... Uh, should I use it in code words? <laughs> yeah, if you no. can, it's probably better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, the uh, arm spear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyone who got this arm spear uh, will have the uh, overtaking of spike proteins in their body, and th there's no way to shut it off. As um, the creator who's been speaking out about it. Uh, Robert Malone has said that, yeah, they made something that they can't turn off. Like they can't, like, like it just keeps creating these spike proteins. And because of making that, um, eventually everybody's going to basically have AIDS that took this and die off is kind of basically what he's saying without saying it. And so what Charlie Robinson did is you'll have to have him on to talk about this. Cause I don't, I hate like taking somebody else's work and then like, sloppily putting it together but 
basically he's saying that there's going to be a giant deep possibly a giant depopulation by 2025 uh and it's a really serious conversation it does need to be had by everybody because i have seen a lot of death from this i've there's been a lot of fallout from this um so far and i mean i know how these elites work they don't they don't mess around and they wouldn't shut down the world. I mean, let's face it. They shut down the world so everybody could get the arm spear and then everything would go back to normal. They want us to forget that everybody took that. They want us to forget that everybody decided to, um, you know, comply and, and just say, okay, yeah, I want my job. Okay, sure. I'll get the shot, uh, the, the, the spear. And so um, anyway, it, then you'll see, see people just dropping off left and right. And, and it's going to be random. So people can't pin it on just that thing, but it possibly could happen. And if that's the case, they gave it to all the professionals on this society. They gave it to airline pilots. They gave it to doctors. They gave it to police. They gave it to, you know, all the big people in our society that kind of help run how organized society works. Let's say that all those people die. I mean, how's this world going to continue? So that could be a huge thing coming, hurtling our way. And, you know, we don't know. I mean, it sounds, it is dark, but uh, maybe not. And maybe it, but I just don't see these elites messing around. Like they, they seriously have plans. And if you read their writings, they want to depopulate. So it seems like a perfect, perfect time for that. Um, and really, I don't think they can carry out their, their plans for 2030, uh, without uh, a, ma a major cut in the population because where I live, there's no way they can form a 15 minute city where I live. Uh, it's just not that organized, you know, but with a smaller population, yeah, they could really start to, you know, put implement these, these things uh, much more. I, I just don't see the, I see a, a depopulated world of, of for, for them to put it all in. So that's a short version of that, but yeah. Do you think, with the depopulation, having less people in more rural areas and the world not functioning how it should be, they'll make people from rural areas migrate to 15-minute cities and live in those 15-minute cities. My mic's being funny. If they have um, a, uh, a lure, like, hey, guys, I'm sorry the world's messed up. I'm sorry this all happened, but we got it all right here in these cities. So come on in and, you know, um, you, we got you all taken care of. You can own nothing and be happy. And, you know, I mean, seriously, like that's they would have to have a good sales pitch because right now, <laughs> like if you go to places like L.A. or um, some of these like we talked about Kensington, who wants to move there? No, no, thank you. So that would have to be, you know, um, changed so these you know 15 minute cities would have to be very very uh appetizing and so a lot would have to change for us to really want to all you know jump into these things because oh yeah you want healthcare? come come over to us we have it you know we're we still got some doctors alive or whatever i don't know just just making it up that's, yeah um, some scary shit man it is it is scary but that's the time we're in and i think yeah. that's what i've always been like trying to hammer home on my show as much as putting in lots of positive information and balancing it out um this is the time we're living in we're living in the time of 
the the great revealing the great apocalypse that some people call you know apocalypse doesn't have to be uh it doesn't have to be some cataclysm it can also be um a great revealing but at the same time humanity will also uh those of us that are you know paying attention i think will uh, ascend to higher uh realms too i i don't think it's all gloom and doom i think it's just like the last fight of good and evil on this planet or at least the big confrontation so it's kind of an exciting time to be alive it's just it's very scary at the same time and uh, i i don't want to leave the audience with fear because maybe none of that will happen but we certainly are not in like normal times i grew up in the 80s and 90s and those were normal more normal and i mean sure not totally normal but a lot more normal than what we're living in now so um we're definitely like let's just say the uh richter scale has been going off a lot more since 2000 hit and we in this century we're in is like the century of psyops and we are being led somewhere and it's definitely you can just feel it you know it just has some, there's some truth to that yeah so a guy that we interviewed not too long ago called brandon from um, expanding reality yeah you've heard of him yeah i know who he is yeah i, I don't know him personally but yes mm -hmm. a cool cool guy um yeah he basically had this explanation which kind of um left a mark on me where all of this sort of apocalypse and everything that's coming is sort of there to give people the opportunity or give people the push up, 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 the, up the backside to have their spiritual awakening to find inner peace with themselves, to open themselves up to re the real reality, not just reality as sort of we can see it, but real reality. And I don't know, it just kind of left something with me where I thought, do you know what? I've woken up through all of this and it does make sense that this is an opportunity for people to actually wake up, realize what's going on, but then have that second waking in that level deeper, a couple levels deeper to say, you need to, be content with yourself. You need to be really in tune with yourself and realize that even though there's so much going on, the first thing you need to fix is how you are with yourself. Um, so that, I don't know. It just, it was powerful. And as you said, we don't want to end it on uh, the dark, the darkness, which you've just shadowed on, um, which was so insightful, but it, 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 I guess it needs that dark level for people to really realize that you need to wake up and open your eyes a little bit and, and get a bit more in tune with yourself. I think so. I think the dark is working for the, some people say the dark's working for the light in the way that we're able to, it's, it's here for us to wake up. And, and I think it's just that humanity's been asleep so long and they haven't been paying attention to their blind spot that this has been allowed to occur over generations. You know, I mean, our oldest elders in our society that, have passed there or just you know that grew up in different generations they this world's nuts to them and so uh we've just been gradually brought into this very asleep unaware time but there there's you can't hide truth and truth is gonna truth is gonna come out and um you know with the apocalypse or the the last days you know i'm not a, a religious person you know i mean i, I i'm spiritual but i don't I think it all is, it is, it come with, with it comes, um, 
uh, miracles and things that work for the good people too. I don't think it's all gloom and doom at all. It's just that it's the, it's the, the final confrontation of that we know of at least on this planet of good versus evil. And um, I think we're, I think for some reason I've always had a feeling, and maybe this is goes back to the question you asked me, like, how do I live with this for so long and not get down is that I feel like everything's going to be all right in the end. Um, you know, like Bob Marley says, every little thing is going to be all right. Well, it will be. It's just that we have to go. People have to understand how this world really works. There's so many people that aren't caught up to speed. And when they do, and when this, as this world shifts, um, the, the, the dark will not be able to uh, hold on any longer because it isn't frequency specific to the frequency that's going to come to us that is going to bring an enlightenment age. And the Kali Yuga is a, is an Indian, um, uh, like a cyclical time period. And we're at the, we're at that point in which, um, there's there's going to be an enlightenment period as we get higher and i think it's it's true it goes through civilizations and in in the earth goes in cyclical patterns and i think we're on that right now to where we will probably witness um you know uh possibly even who knows maybe our dna that we call junk dna will suddenly get more activated and we'll start using instead of 10% of our brains a higher capacity, you know, maybe there's some astronomical shift that's going to happen, but I feel like we're all going to be okay in the end. We have to, the, the world just has to purge this sickness that we're in, this darkness. And, and in order to do that, we have to go through some hard times to get to some good times. Yeah. Well, that was a great, powerful message, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to leave with anybody with dark you know, because we but we just have to see the world for what it is and understand really what's going on. And at the same time, know that that we're also not part of that darkness. That's just them. We're not that and separate from it and be and and whatever spiritual form. I don't diss religion on my show. I think religion has its place of keeping humanity in in a, uh, you know, like in in control and stuff and but at the same time it also that spiritual connection whatever spiritual connection you have to a creator or some powerful force i think it all kind of equals the same thing in the end and it's not just um it's not just one denomination or another it's it's in touch with something deeper and uh i think that um everybody has that link somewhere so whatever link you you use even if you are in a religion you can you can uh you know, apply it. I think, I don't think there there's anything wrong with being in touch with that. That's it's important in these days, as long as it's not something that is controlling you and you're not going into group think with a bunch of people. Mm. Mm -hmm. So were you, were you quite spiritual before you awakened or not? Did you awaken first? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I had taken psychedelics right before I awakened. So maybe that was why I was so receptive to that insider where like some friends of mine probably wouldn't have been. So psychedelics helped me um, kind of have that ground, like tilled that, that hard ground into some to a more fertile ground for me to accept information. So I, I think I had some pretty good psychedelic trips before that time period that really allowed me to be, but 
um yeah you know i think i've always had sort of like a connection to nature um that helped me in my own personal life i don't know uh it helps you know uh, i think yeah going to nature is important because we're not part of man's world we're we're so, part of something bigger we can get that access to nature yeah because I, I feel like i have to see the darkness of the world before i took the step into spirituality which i'm sort of progressing through now i had to understand and see the darkness first and i use spirituality to help me deal with that dark side right right yeah i think so because once you realize that this world is pretty screwed up you you have to cling to something that gets you more spiritual otherwise yeah you could be in a really dark place and i i wouldn't allow that I, I don't think anybody should allow that you know just to be in that dark space oh we're all doomed you know that i wouldn't even be doing a show if i didn't think there was hope so you know <laughs> i would just be like yeah, yeah we're screwed i mean yeah whatever you know no i i wouldn't do you know and so we i i agree yeah i've seen a lot of people from 2020 become way more spiritual because that affected a lot of people i've seen a lot of people um really like ramp up into like i i hear people that i would have never guessed talking about stuff that i was talking about years ago i'm like wow that really it really red pilled the world so in a way it screwed up their plans in a way because they came out and actually showed their hand like before that people weren't really like seeing this hidden hand and then suddenly it wasn't so hidden anymore and everybody's on this all the leaders are on the same page and people are like whoa what is going on here the people that were awake and there's always going to be that segment of, of society that's going to be asleep you know and that's just that's maybe just their i don't know their mission maybe they they that's just what they're here for is just to play that role i mean i would i would hate to say that because i'd hope they'd wake up too but hey you know i'm I, i'm seeing optimism from just like what you're saying, you had to go through the dark to kind of to see the light. And that's called apophatic inquiry, where you 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 look at the negative and you separate from it. And that's it. You know, you see that what's not good for you, not serving you, like I said, with the system tentacles and you separate it from it. And then you and then you realize that's not you. You're you and you're awesome. So that's it. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give the system tentacles a listen to because I think that's so important just to realize what it is that's the problem the root cause and then simply just detaching away from it even if it means just writing these things down and chucking them in the bin you're detaching yourself away from it and... yeah yeah you know what i i've seen some people like they say they they write them down just like you said and then just crumple it up and throw it away there's there, that physical act may have some kind of like um some kind of something in the spirit world that, that actually helps you somehow you know just throwing it away yeah, I mean, it is an inaction to do it. So, yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing with people that are, um, that you say that would will continue to be asleep, um, I think it just needs to align with them. It needs to, the, the problem with a lot of people is, yeah, they are too comfortable. Every, more and more things are coming out that are just causing more convenience for them. So for them to actually wake up, it is actually quite inconvenient in what they see is life. So it's a hard thing to get your head around, but finding things that could align with people to help them wake up, I guess that's the mission of a lot of, for a lot of people sort of on, on the sort of uh, journey that we're all on, is helping people find what could align with them to wake them up. Because 
a lot of people are natural in today's age anyway are naturally lazy so don't look at oh i could look into that but i have to go a bit too deep down in google to actually find root causes whereas most people just want to click on the first article on google yeah people that want the easy button in life too so but you have to meet people where they're at and i think that's important like i i try to not do that and go and judge people too much it's it's not easy but um you do have to meet people wherever they're at and like really kind of go to their level and be like hey have, have you noticed that this this and this and maybe it's i think questions are better than like telling somebody what's going on because everybody has that like everybody has an answer to tell you what's going on but yeah i think i think it's better to come out as questions and then they and then they have to find an answer to it and and uh but meeting people where they're at is important and sometimes it's really hard because um like i i've been awake to this a long enough time that i have to like put myself back in a mind that i haven't been in for so long uh but um it is worth trying to get on everybody's level and, and just love them as a human being and not, and not just be this, this dick out there, this time people want. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. A lot of people are like that. And that's, that's a bad thing about the alternative media is there's a lot of people that are just kind of like going to tell you that. And just like, those people aren't going to, aren't going to listen to you. You know, it's just, they're not. Yeah. You need to detach yourself from your ego. I think that's something that me and Aaron have learned um, and been continuing to learn for a, for a long time. It's a lot of it's about detaching yourself from your, your ego. You're not helping someone to help yourself. You're helping someone to help them. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And don't be attached to just telling them one thing. Just let's, let's listen to what they have to say. Cause somewhere along the line, they don't like the government, even if they just don't like paying taxes. There's something that you can like bring up that they can, attached to some corruption that they've done people actually do have to see the bad to to see the good as we've been saying like they have to understand that they're being enslaved and some people just don't realize it because we live in an open-air prison yeah. in my so in my experience like attempting to try and awaken people i've tried to find some common ground where like you said there's, there's something they don't like about the government and i've got this one friend and he hates uh, communism. Like he's a, he works in finance in London. And he hates communism. So I just started explaining um, the ESG agenda to him, and it kind of blew his mind because he was like, "I never thought of it like that. I always just thought it's just to save the environment." And the, so it got us, got us into a conversation about what ESG actually is, and it kind of awakened him to what he's being fed through work, through his corporate job through the government, through the, what he's watching on TV. I don't think he's fully awakened yet, but it was a good sort of starting point to lead him down that path. Yeah. And those seeds take time to grow. And sometimes like there was a number of people that I had talked to before that dismissed me and then COVID happened. And then like, remember what you were saying a long time ago? And like, they're coming back. It took time for those seeds to grow. And, and sometimes it all it takes is just one thing and then you you just woke somebody up because they looked at it and then they went down another rabbit hole and then another rabbit hole i i interview a lot of people and it's like um i sometimes i'll ask them like so what got you into this or you know 
and it, and it, and they come from all corners of things. I got one friend that woke up from the scam of AIDS. I got another friend that woke up from the moon landing, another friend that woke up from nine uh, 11, you know, and it's just like, they come from one corner and then they go down another one and yeah. go, wait, what's this? Oh, wait, really? Oh, all uh, connect, and then, right. You yeah, and the dominoes fall. And then, yeah. and then there you go. There's another person out there that knows something. And, and, uh, I think it's and it's important to to um, not only know this information, but also um, put it into action, too, and put it put it, you know, because knowing things, then, you know, things, but then you got to do the next step and put it into action, whether it's a podcast, whether it's you just speaking out on the street on a microphone and everybody you thinks you're crazy, whatever. <laughs> it's just like so something something has to happen with this information it can't just be stored and that's why i started what i did um because i can't just be this store of information and then what so we have to uh you know from then on once we're activated activate others mm. not not in a jehovah's witness way of going <laughs> doors right <laughs> more more uh more um tactful and 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 uh you know not just have this like this motive behind you to wake people up and make them join a cult you know it's much it's much better than that <laughs> yeah no thank you so much um i know you've got a run off scene so um i think that's a great place to end it all right well thanks thanks for having me on guys uh um, cheers for coming on yeah it's good you guys are doing a show and and uh good luck with everything i i i really enjoy this conversation it's fun and this this is the kind of stuff that is great because you know you you have people listening to shows like this, and then it inspires something in them and and you know just to hear people coming together and talking sanity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was great. I feel like I've um, every time I, I do a um, a podcast, I feel like I level up in certain areas of my life, and this one, as most of them have been, has definitely leveled me up uh, even more. Awesome. So for that. Yeah. Well, hey guys, we'll we'll keep in touch and thanks for everything. Thanks yeah. guys. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.